The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. What kind of a doctor is this is a question you should always ask before letting anyone prescribe you psychiatric medicine, diagnose cancer, or fix your hip joint. It's really two questions. What is the quality of this doctor's work? And what is he or she like as a human being? Hi, welcome back to the next Big Idea Daily. I'm Michael Kavnat, and today's question is, how can you live a healthier life? You may know the obvious answers. Don't smoke, exercise, eat well. But in an age where massive amounts of medical information, much of it conflicting, comes at you all the time, it can be hard to know how to make smart choices when it comes to your own well-being. Social psychologist Talia Miran Schatz has studied the cognitive errors and other biases that make it hard for us to think clearly about this topic. And she's here to let us know how we can improve with some big ideas from her new book, Your Life Depends On It, What You Can Do to Make Better Choices About Your Health. Here's Talia. Hi, I'm Dr. Talia Miran Schatz. I'm an expert in social psychology and behavioral economics and a protege of Nobel Award winner Daniel Kahneman. For the past 18 years, I've been looking very closely at the health and medical decisions people make, and we all make them all the time. We sometimes go for a run despite a sore tendon, choose a supplement, or decide to forego birth control. As someone who is ahead of the curve, you should have at your disposal every tool for making better health and medical choices. You are a healthcare consumer. This is both a privilege and a liability. Let me break them apart for you. You are a healthcare consumer. In many other domains, you already are a consumer. You choose what jeans to wear and what to watch on Netflix. Nobody tells you what to do. In medicine too, we have veered away from the paternalistic model where the doctor calls all the shots, pun intended. Control is now in our hands, but there's a difference. Whether with jeans or a TV show, the consequences mean next to nothing. With our health, they matter a lot. The more important these decisions are, the more vulnerable we are and the tougher the choice becomes. And when we mess them up, we are the ones who suffer. I mess up too. Years ago, when I hurt my back, the doctor dismissed it and didn't give me anything for the excruciating pain. A few days later, when I got back to him, he escalated to a morphine patch, which he assured me had no side effects. In hindsight, I should have known no side effects made no sense. I was now a scientist studying medical decision-making. I could search the literature to learn all about morphine, but I was too sore to look up whether the patch would work, what the risks were, and what were the alternatives. Too miserable to read the brochure in the tiniest font I received with the patch. I'd be able to wrap my head around my decision in my normal state. But in this condition of pain, it was impossible, mission impossible. So don't assume that you'll be a capable and savvy health consumer when the time calls for it. This is why we need to build up skills to deal with these decisions. 
You need to know how to ask the right questions, distinguish information from misinformation, and make the best health choices for you and your loved ones at home, with your doctor, and in the hospital. Even if you are a doctor, you need to practice this muscle. And I am here to help. A trusting relationship is key. We're talking about health and medical choices, not dating advice. But relationship and trust are also crucial when it comes to your healthcare providers. This is more than a touchy-feely effect. For example, when HIV patients say, my doctor knows me as a person, they're more likely to stick with their medication. We all value, seek, and need this connection. I was the first researcher to ever analyze thank you letters to physicians. And what I found was fascinating. People are just as likely to thank their doctors for their personality and how they connect with the patient as they are for the actual medical care. In fact, as patients, we are very attuned to the emotional side of the interaction. People remembered and mentioned every detail, like having the technician hold their hand during an exam. On the medical side, they would just say, I got great care. I saw this in action when my mother broke her hip joint. The surgeon came to see her and made eye contact with his own boots, way to gain a patient's trust. After he left, my mom expressed her doubts. What kind of a doctor is this? She asked. She was tiny and broken, but still insisted on feeling like her would-be surgeon cared about her. I don't want him, was her verdict. Medical schools focus so much on medical and science education, but at the end of the day, feeling cared for matters way more than whether your physician understands organic chemistry. So seek out doctors that you feel you can connect with and that listen to you, and you'll be healthier. What kind of a doctor is this is a question you should always ask before letting anyone prescribe you psychiatric medicine, diagnose cancer, or fix your hip joint. It's really two questions. What is the quality of this doctor's work? And what is he or she like as a human being? Both of these questions are vitally important. Ask about what matters. We need tools for making better health and medical choices. And here is one I created just for you. I call it Ask About What Matters. Use it whenever a doctor proposes a medication, test, or procedure, anything you need to decide on. Ask, what are the risks? What are the benefits? What are the alternatives? These questions allow you to get information that may not be aligned with the course of action your doctor has already chosen for you but might be right for you. Your doctor's visits can greatly improve by allowing you to take an active role. Now, I deliberately use the word allow because we often don't believe it is our place to ask. The more people make it a habit to ask these questions, the more acceptable these questions become, and the less doctors will feel like these questions are undermining their authority. Ask About What Matters recently helped my friend Renee. She is an overachieving marketing professor, and she overachieves in sports, too, which is how she messed up her knee. The doctor was about to schedule surgery for her when Renee used Ask About What Matters to probe further. The risks, being in a cast for four to six weeks, which is very restrictive, the benefits, high success rates for full recovery, and the alternatives, 
The surgeon wasn't excited to tell Renee about alternatives, but he also didn't want to withhold information or flat out lie. The alternative to surgery was physical therapy, but nobody persists with that. And then they have to have surgery anyway, the doctor said. Renee did not get to where she is in life without being remarkably persistent. Persistence is her middle name. She signed up for physical therapy, completed the course, and achieved full recovery without being completely out of commission for six weeks. She would have agreed to surgery and never would have learned about the option that suited her better if she didn't ask about what matters. Remember, ask about the risks, benefits, alternatives. Do not DIY your health and medical choices. This is tough to swallow, especially for smart, capable individuals. We are used to hearing that you can if you think you can, and that we should unleash the giant within. These ideas can be very empowering, but they also have their limit. Otherwise, I'd be a five foot eight blonde. Seriously, even if you have an MBA from an Ivy League school, making health decisions is hard. There are several barriers that we need to overcome. We cannot and should not be asked to overcome them on our own. One major barrier is understanding what our doctors are saying, because very often they speak medicalese. Take it from Dr. Mike, who I interviewed in the book. In one of his videos about child vaccinations, he said, you hear people screaming all of these things. You don't know what to believe. I emphasize with the person who doesn't have a great medical education to understand what's true and what's not. And most of us don't have a great medical education. Actually, some of our barriers are also barriers for our doctors, like understanding probabilities, which stop us unless they are presented in a way that is natural for us and for our doctors to understand. Try out of every 10,000 people in your condition, three will have a severe side effect. Easier and much more intuitive than talking about 0.03%. The more I study this and think about it, the more I work with healthcare organizations, advertisers, pharma, digital developers, the more I realize that it is their responsibility to create materials at a fifth grade level and to talk about numbers in a natural manner. They need to make sure this happens in 100 out of 100 of the cases. I'm telling you this so that the next time you don't understand, you'll know it's not your fault. And also because as an accomplished, driven individual, you can help demand change. Thank you, Talia. Okay, everyone, I hope you're taking your own health decision seriously. And if you are, you might want to check out some of the health-related content we have in our Next Big Idea app. You can get solid advice from doctors like Peter Atia. Vivek Murthy, Ilana Yurkowitz, and many more. You can find the app in your favorite app store. Tomorrow, I'll be back with some ideas from a new book from one of our leading public intellectuals, Yasha Monk. He'll join us to share key insights from The Identity Trap, a story of ideas and power in our time. I'm Michael Kavnet. See you tomorrow. <laughs>